Hello everyone and welcome to the Fresh Podcast Market. I'm Panda and I'm here with my friend Teresa. How are you doing, Teresa? Panda, so my cat <laughs> smelled really bad when I got home. <laughs> I was like, Beeb, what's up? Why That's you got weird. stinky? Bass usually smells very good. Right? Bass smells really good for a cat. So I realized that she had a piece of shit attached to <laughs> her butt today. And so I've been trying to clip it, and I've been running around the house chasing her, <laughs> mumbling, let me see your ass to her, but she won't listen to me. And then I enlisted the help of my mom, and I was like, Mom, do me a solid, clip this rogue piece of shit off of my cat's asshole for me while I hold her. And so I picked up Bass, but I accidentally pulled her tail when I picked her up. No. And she squirmed away, and then she ran away and hid for a while. And when I finally saw her again, I said, I'm sorry to her. And then I started to cry. Oh, no. I started to cry while petting my cat. Because when she started to purr, that's when just the tears started. Oh, no. But otherwise, I'm okay. How are you today, Panta? Well, Teresa, it's a historic week this week. Do you know why it's because a we have a guest on the show? Well, I didn't mean just in fresh podcast market. I meant also in the world. But our guest is related to it being a historic week this week because we just had some gay rat representation on children's television. And here Yay. to help us talk about that is our friend Joe. Joe, how you doing? Howdy, howdy. I'm doing great. I am so happy about the Mr. Ratburn news. Gay rat rights for Gay everyone. rat rights, baby. If you are listening and somehow have not heard by now, Mr. Ratburn from the children's television show, Arthur, has gotten gay married to his now husband, who is named Patrick. Patrick Ratburn. Patrick Ratburn. Wow. He took Mr. Ratburn's last name. We are all very excited about this. This is very good. Gay rat rights. It makes me so happy because, like, sincerely, as a kid, Arthur was, like, my favorite show. It's so pure. I'm so happy. Also, as a gay rights, a gay rats rights <laughs> activist, I am beyond enthralled. I actually, I mean, I think most people know, but I actually have a friendship bracelet that says rat snack on it. So, oh, no, we lost Panda. Okay, I Joe. I see that as well. Look, oh, no. I guess you and me are now the hosts of the show. I am now Panda. <laughs> Joe's now Panda. So she's probably going to message us in like two minutes being like, guys, this is what you got to do. But it's okay. <laughs> we'll make it work. Let's cool. just keep talking about Mr. Rapper. Absolutely. I'm just so... up. Oh, 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 here she comes. I'm just so genuinely happy that Mr. Ratburn is gay and that he invited... All of his third grade class. Like, I know. What a legend. Him and Patrick dancing. I've watched that clip so many times. I love it. Because it just brings me such joy. I still haven't gotten to watch the episode yet, but I haven't watched it either. I sent Joe a link to where it can be watched free online. So let me grab that link so that I can tell everyone. Luckily, because it is PBS and because PBS is a public network, you can basically watch it free, like, period. Like, you don't even have to, like, log in with, like, a cable. Yeah, you can watch it on pbskids.org. The episode is called Mr. Ratburn and the Special Someone. 
and it can be watched for free online and i'm going to be doing that and i recommend everyone else also do this i hear it is very good i haven't heard any outcry or if i if there has been any outcry i simply am not in any circles that it would have permeated same yeah i haven't heard any outcry and like sincerely like it is also just a good episode of television. They mm. reference both Pablo Neruda and Frida Kahlo. So iconic, nice. Yeah. Do we know why? Is it explained why Buster is wearing a hippie outfit? It is. It actually okay. is very important to the plot of this specific episode. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad because the only other clip I've seen of the episode is Buster talking about teachers and what they do at home is eat kale and then go on low power mode and watch documentaries (laughs) until the morning. That is something that does happen in the episode as well. I love this. I'm so happy. Not a spoiler necessarily. It's just a great visual gag that you'll enjoy regardless. But there's also a scene where Mr. Ratburn goes Hulk mode because of commas. <laughs> Big that's fucking mood. That's, that's me editing It's so everything. good. I love that. I really love that. Here at the Fresh Podcast Market, we are a real podcast about fake podcasts. So who wants to throw a podcast idea into the ring? Well, I didn't have one in the last episode, so I'm going to go first. Cool. And I'm also going to go first because my topic is also related to our guest. I posted this on Twitter a little while ago, but I'm going to bring (laughs) this up on the podcast about podcasts. My podcast idea (laughs) is a podcast where our guest Joe and I watch bad religious media and talk about it. I love that. Teresa, how religious is your family? I know that you you are from an Italian family, at least on your mother's side. So I'm assuming Catholic. Yes, I was born and raised Catholic. I actually went through my confirmation. I'm really into religious like iconography. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I grew up like in a family where I mean, let's be real Northeast Italian household. I mean, my dad didn't really give a shit and my dad actually oddly enough his family throughout all of cuba they frequently worked for the church my dad's family was actually super well educated when they were living in cuba so uh a lot of times they had ties with the church because of education reasons but once my dad came to the states he really didn't give a shit and uh on my mom's side most of my family in italy are actually like historical art restorists and art historians so they have like a lot of relation to religion and art and stuff like that and my grandfather was actually raised in a monastery after his parents died when he was a child so like there's a lot of like religious factors in my life but me <laughs> one time my mom called me a heathen in the church because I didn't know something um, <laughs> yeah I mean there's like I mean I went through the motions but like I'm not religious at all I'm also not religious at all my family is mostly religious but they're Methodists which is the most lukewarm milk toast of the Protestants nice. uh, Methodists don't don't give a shit and that's how i came out relatively undamaged from despite being raised in a 
Southern Christian family. But Joe, you and I both (laughs) have quite a bit of experience with horrible Christian movies and children's media. Boy, howdy I do. Because I'm on the complete flip side. Oh. Grew up in a really religious house. Like, I really wasn't exposed to, like, that much necessarily, like, bad Christian movies within my family itself. But I did go to Catholic school from first grade until the end of high school. Oh. And whenever a teacher was like, I don't want to teach today, it was like, pop in a movie. And definitely from, like, first grade to like fourth grade our religion classes were mostly like we don't know how to teach kids about religion so we're just gonna pop in a movie so i saw a lot of really cheesy bad religious movies i saw some ones that weren't so bad like veggie tales i will still admit like as a kids program fine and enjoyable okay but then you have the time-traveling Bible kids. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, it's not the actual name of the series, because I can't remember the actual name of the series. I could easily look it up, but I don't want to because I'm lazy. Guess what? I got hands. <laughs> look it up for me. Bible. Time travel by the Bible. It's about these kids who are on an excavation site. And I guess Israel, question mark. Were their names Derek and Margot? I cannot remember any of their okay. names. It was two white kids. And from my memory, a relatively racist depiction of a ki- of a Middle Eastern kid. Yeah, that sounds with- like the description oh. of this series that I pulled up on Wikipedia. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing, the too. The Hanna-Barbera yeah. series. Stop. Oh, whoa. I didn't realize that. So I have a question. Are there like Bible movies the same way that there's like lifetime movies? Oh yeah. Like Oh, there are in the sense of like there are movies that are like religious based that are like as cheesy as lifetime movies. Uh-huh. Like there's one that I remember watching in confirmation class called Faith from Potatoes about a oh. farmer in South Africa trying to go grow potatoes and it basically was a giant metaphor for how growing potatoes in south africa is hard so you have to have a lot of faith (laughs) shrimp arresting all right i respect that i guess no you shouldn't (laughs) no i actually don't want to respect that you're 100 correct so i'm like fascinated by this because my exposure is like really limited besides like veggie tales Would you guys, like, watch that Bible Camp documentary? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I feel like that... I don't know if that would necessarily fall into the category because this is more, like, things that are made by Christians for Christians. And Bible Ah. Camp was made by people who are not in favor of the the Bible Camp that they are talking about in the documentary. I... I've never watched it, so that's why I, I asked. I seen it, and I would not be opposed to talking about it for any reason. I actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I heard of that movie for the first time from Joe, a mutual friend of ours. Yes. And yeah, that movie is, that movie's intense. But no, I was thinking more Ooh. about like, I feel like the Lifetime movie equivalent in Christian movies would be sort of your, uh, your God's Not Dead's, your... 
Fireproof. Uh, fireproofs. Your whatever. what's the one that's in theaters right now? It's probably about a Not Dead movie. Oh, it's not called Unbreakable, but it's something oh, like that. It's about the kid who falls through the ice. Yes, yes. I didn't actually realize that was a Christian movie. Oh, oh it is big time. Oh, but yeah, I stuff like that. this. Because okay, all of this stuff is it's made by Christians for Christians, and you would expect yeah. that that would mean that these stories like respect their audience but they absolutely don't like the god's not dead movies are so bad oh actually have you guys ever watched hard as nails before i don't know what that is it's an hbo documentary i've heard of it but i haven't seen it i actually my confirmation retreat was with that guy Oh my god. So I've met some Christianity royalty up in here. It was really weird. Uh, <laughs> after it, everybody, like the next day in middle school. So it was, I have like, I'm from a really relatively big suburban town. Like alone for just our one township. So there's 13 towns within our one township. And then there are three high schools within our township. So alone, you could imagine the size of it. I think there was like six or seven middle schools. But so when this guy came, all three of the surrounding churches that were doing a confirmation retreat actually pulled their money together to get this guy. So instead of just like one church's confirmation class, it ended up being these three. So there was like a lot of people who went to all these different churches. And so a whole group of middle schoolers that like all knew each other from surrounding schools, this dealt with this thing. And the next day, everybody in school just like looked at each other and was like, you're important. You're important because this guy kept saying it. And like, it almost became a brief cult, like middle school moment. And it was so, he was like, the embodiment of like the cool pastor Twitter, but yes, yeah, I very much relate to that because one going to Catholic high school, but also like just because how my city is like it's a city, but it's a small city, so it's like a lot of people, but like close knit, and okay. also Catholics in the South, like. There aren't that many of us, so it's going to be close-knit. Yeah, the South is uh, primarily Protestant land. Yeah, Yeah. but there was a retreat that was put on four times a year by our diocese that I actually was ended up becoming the director of one year. I've lived a wild life. Yeah. Oh, Joe. (laughs) It was was actually a good retreat because it gave a lot of people hope. Like, a lot of people who weren't even, like, religious. Like, just hope about, like, feeling connected to the world. That's cool. I can respect that. But it was also very cult-like in the sense that you couldn't tell anyone about the secrets of the retreat. 
What? Yeah. So there was all this thing of like, oh, you haven't been on the retreat yet. You can't know what this oh, means. What? <laughs> I have a similar experience. I had a, there was a retreat that, there was a retreat that like people from my church would do called The Happening, which was, it got very confusing when the M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Happening was in theaters because that was uh, <laughs> still during the time that I was attending like youth group church services. But like there was this weird secrecy surrounding like what happened at this retreat and i never ended up finding out because i left the church before i ended up going what the fuck oh no so it's really because it was probably like a semi-national thing you could probably look it up (laughs) oh my god meanwhile my only like real church cult exposure was like one year i was in a church choir and that was it and then i guess like i was in ccd so like Oh, fuck yeah. Happeningnational.org. I guess it's not that big of a secret. What are the secrets? <laughs> that sounds so threatening. <laughs> What's the happening? It's happening national. Now. What can I expect at a happening weekend? I guess it's not that big of a secret if they just have it on their website. Oh, I definitely feel like, because like, it was the same thing. The retreat was called search, because I'm not afraid to say it. It's a whole national thing. Mm. But like, all of the like cult stuff of like, oh, you can't know was definitely much more like local than it was as like a national, like this is what the retreat's about because cults really happen locally. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else was as weirdly guarded about the happening either. <laughs> I never checked. I have an idea for a name for this podcast. I was going to say, what are we naming this podcast? I'm sorry. I was furiously (laughs) typing something. I really like the idea. And maybe maybe I just find it funny because it's so simple and stupid. But I like the name. Holy crap. (laughs) Oh, that is brilliant. That is. That's that's really good. Best names that we've had for a podcast in a while. Well, thank you. That's really good, Joe. Brought that one home, home run. Uh, But also, I think it's also important. I mean, we mostly talked about the content, but what I want to know is, would you guys just talk about what you experience, or would you review it, or is it palatable for people who aren't religious? Like, there has to be a little bit more depth in podcasting. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking when you when you briefly brought the idea up to me that it would be like. A review podcast, both in terms of like artistic merit, so A, not much, (laughs) Mm. but also B, because this is what I find interesting, being that like I know a lot about theological stuff, is also looking at them from the point of view of like actually being good Christian media, because sincerely, a lot of Christian media isn't good theologically like it's bad a lot of it's bad theology and also a lot of the ones that are like the more lifetime movie like we mentioned earlier play uh pretty fast and loose with uh facts of like just the world that we exist in yes are ostensibly set all right i'm down for that but that's really uh quite exactly what i was thinking would be the content of the show is uh like taking them at face value as just movies but also examining like where they fail and perhaps 
even more rarely succeed, if ever, in actually like delivering the messages and like being coherent pieces of like representation of this religion. Hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, I think it'd be easiest because there's so much of it. And because we were also both raised Christian to like explore Christian media. But to a point I'd be interested in exploring other religious media. Now I, that might be cool. I feel you like get we'd a have guest to, on the show. Exactly. We'd have to bring on in a guest who is of that faith Absolutely. because like I I can't be judging a Jewish movie based on the theology of Judaism because I wasn't raised Jewish and I don't yeah. have that experience. That makes but I would sense. very much be interested to know what someone who was raised Jewish thinks of a Jewish movie. Yeah. Would you guys you guys could do like a Patreon episode where it's like anti-Christian media movie. <laughs> Does anything like that exist? Um, I mean, or, does uh, like his dark materials count? Like the movies, I guess the movies, the movie wasn't anti-Christian, but like the books, the books are. are. Yeah. I feel like there has to be. There, yeah. You guys could e- also do a bonus episode where you just review Sufjan Steven albums and rate them for how religious they are. Oh, I would do a whole podcast, not even a special episode a on Sufjan, Sufjan Steven's albums. Podcast. I would listen to that. I'm surprised there isn't a Sufjan Stevens podcast. There has to be. <laughs> Sufjan Stevens podcast show it to me come on come on sufjan stevens on npr best sufjan podcast no guess there's a niche to be filled here someone hop on this let's go i've got a name for it for anyone who wants to start this podcast yes joe spearhead it illa white noise Ooh, yes good one Damn. I think we have room in this podcast for one more idea. And Joe, since you are the guest, would you like to give us an idea? Yes. I'm going to give you the idea because I gave this to you when we hung out oh, yes. a couple weeks ago. So I got this idea, one from like one of my favorite podcasts of all time, which is called Sewers of Paris, which is a podcast where this man named Matt Baum interviews a gay person about the media that like changed their life. What? And that then, sounds so fun. Oh, oh my gosh, I have to listen to that. Check it out. But I was thinking about a podcast where each episode you interview a gay person about their coming out experience. And then also the music that like carried them through that experience. Cause like partly that comes mm. from my own experience. Cause like when I came out, like, there was very much a song slash album that like I relate to that experience, which is St. Vincent's Strange Mercy slash Cruel. Oh, 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 it's great. Oh, Strange Mercy is so good. It's so good. And like, it fits so perfectly at the time. But like, I've also talked to other people who are like, oh man, this album totally reminds me of when I came out because I listened to it so much during that time period. 
And I, I think it's interesting how people, one, relate to music, but also relate music to, like, specific periods of time in their life. Uh-huh. And I also find it interesting what music, like, people use to, like, either celebrate or find comfort in. Because I feel like those are generally, like, the two emotions that people are looking for during that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have an album for this band? Um, I don't know if I have a, an album that I necessarily associate with, like, coming out, but I do. Or a song. I have, like, a band that I associate with the first girl that I liked, if that, I mean, like, the first time that I realized I was liking a girl. I think that counts. Yeah, I would say that counts. My Chemical Romance was a band that is uh, one of my favorite bands still, but was a band that I only got into because my friend at the time who I had a crush on was really into them. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to get into this band too. And I always oh. think of that. And the band Atreyu, I started listening to when I was very young because I this kind of ties back into our previous conversation. I had a really big crush on this girl at church camp when I was in like fourth grade. And she was really into, I, I, it wasn't fourth grade. It was probably like sixth grade. She liked Atreyu. And she also, the reason that I think it was more like sixth grade is because she read loveless the manga Stop. <laughs> and i didn't know anything about it but she had like one of the covers or something as like she had like a bunch of pictures that she taped like to the ceiling above her bunk and one of the pictures was like a cover uh, like a photocopied piece of paper of one of the covers of one of the loveless volumes and so i also associate that with like my young queer life cinderella <laughs> i don't know i love it I've so never, much i have never seen her since i never got her last name but her first name was also emily wow Which listeners i guess is loveless the one that. with the cat boys yeah loveless is the one with the cat boys i just like weird, i can't fathom weird i talk about this relationship I just can't fathom the concept of giving up to be a cat boy for sex. Like, <laughs> I would rather, I would be an incel to stay a cat well, boy forever. Well, they had fake cat ears that, in the world that people could wear to conceal the fact that they were they no longer had their cat ears. There was a character who didn't want people to know that she had lost her virginity, so she wore fake cat ears. Oh my god. That's real. Oh my god. Oh my god. She was also gay. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Not as a tangent, but I need to know this if you all have an answer. Go. I never read Loveless, so I don't know. Sure. Either, I, but I'm a okay, everyone direct your Loveless questions to me. I have heard of it, so I know like the general plot, but this idea just cross my mind is it a stigma to lose your ears because like everybody's actually, parents wouldn't have ears it's actually a stigma to not have lost your ears into adulthood the main character's uh. teacher his school teacher still has her ears and she gets like made fun of by the students for like being an adult who's still a virgin wow that's so what? mean I know. what 
consists of being a virgin in this. That is what I want to know. That is what I have been wondering my entire life. If my tit gets touched, am I gonna lose my cat ears, or like, or just like someone have to stick like a finger in my puss? Like, I don't know the answer. I don't know. I uh, I have a feeling that the the person who made the series probably didn't think it through. That well, it's a yaoi, so obviously it's like not a yaoi. It's not well because it doesn't have. I mean, wouldn't yaoi imply that? So it's BL. Yeah, it's then. BL. It doesn't have any like. Does he lose his cat ears? I don't. I didn't ever finish it, so I don't know. Oh my god! But I got to like oh my god. eight, and oh my god! How many chapters is this? Right, let's find out. We're going on my anime list, and we're finding out how many I have chapters the manga this is. or the uh, the anime did finish, and I have the entire anime in a box set, but it finished before the manga was finished. I actually, I don't know if it ever. The finished. manga is still going on. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's still going on. It's up to chapter what? eight volumes until becoming defunct. What? Okay, so it's unfinished, not still going on, unfortunately. Uh, okay. But as of June 2018, it had been up to chapter 119. So I stopped at volume eight. That's not that far from when it stopped. I could conceivably. No, I don't oh need God. to. I don't need to go back and read i'm already falls deep in another series that i'm rereading for nostalgic value which is listeners may remember that i mentioned that i'm rereading witch a comic that i read when i was a child and i am about to be past the point where i stopped getting the books as a child so i'm very excited about that nice yeah baby which was so good it really was i i stand as a 10 year old however old it was when they came out something like that i was in all i was in elementary school yeah which is really good everybody go check out which don't watch the cartoon it was subpar or you can but just know that you're getting an inferior version watch the cartoon if you have small attention span but then try and read the comic after you get to know the characters and love them yeah i that's what i did yeah I have small attention span, but it helps to have it on my phone when I'm not do- when I'm like waiting on something to happen, and I have a few minutes. I can just pull it up on my phone and read a couple pages and go back to my day. I love technology. Technology is great. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about <laughs> loveless and cat. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> um. Um. I mean. <laughs> So I have a really proactive, I guess I'm going to say, gynecologist, and she told me, you're sexually active as soon as you kiss. Um, so would I lose my cat ears if I kiss I don't, I don't think that the, I don't think that the book, I don't think that Loveless considers kissing something worthy of losing your ears. Which god controls the loss of cat ears? Do they just like disappear? I actually have no idea what happens. Do they fall off? No idea. I think you just wake up the next day and you don't have them anymore. Because like there's a tap tap girl game that I like and one of the characters, the main character actually, her hair kind of looks like she has cat ears made out of hair and in one of her newest outfits in the game her ears are gone. Like they're fucking they gone. Took her ears. 
And I need to know if I would have the same reaction experiencing loveless. I don't want somebody to lose their ears. What if they can't hear anymore? Oh no, guys, I have the worst possible thing I could have ever found out. Okay, so I was kind of glancing at one of the character bios on the Loveless Wikipedia page for some reason, and I'm going to read you a sentence, and I'm so sorry, but the fact that I read this means that I have to make everyone else holders of this cursed knowledge, but... All right. I'm not going to give any introduction, just that this is from a character bio. He has a daughter that looks to be around 10 years old. She notably has no cat ears. No. I don't no, like this. No. I don't like this anymore. Oh. I'm not this having fun. This is over. This is canceled. We're done, done here. We're ending the episode. We're done. This episode right now. is over. This is done. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at FreshPodMarket. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. If you'd like to check out other things I do in the world of podcasting, you can check out Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast, or Monica Magicast, a podcast about Puella Magi, Monica Magica. Teresa, where can people find you online? You can follow me at Vicuna, V-I-C-U-N-A-D. Joe, where can they find you? I'm still upset, but you can find me. <laughs> you can find me at McGuireFire. And also, because there was never a name given for my podcast idea, and I, because I can't think of one, I've racked my brain. But it's the, this is the only name that works for it. I'm coming out. It's cheesy and boring, it. but perfect. Love it. it works. Ten out of ten. You've swept the board today, Joe. <laughs> but yes. At McGuire Fire. It's McGuire underscore fire, isn't it? Yes. Under- I always forget the underscore because I have bad memory. Underscores are very important. I wouldn't want people to go. Let's see. Does at McGuire Fire. Is that somebody? Let me see. I think it is because I think the only reason I used an underscore was because it was already Chris taken. McGuire, who has not tweeted and has 23 Chris. followers who joined in March 2009, relinquish the title of McGuire Fire and give it to Joe. Release it. One time when I was like nine years old on neopets and i still had the username how cares 2003 i neo-mailed the person with the username how cares saying how dare you have the username <laughs> i wanted i love that so much i was nine no i was eight i was eight Incredible. never mind that is even better if you'd like to follow us on tumblr you can do that at freshpodcastmarket at .tumblr.com if you'd like to email us you can do that at freshpodcastmarket at gmail.com if you liked our theme song that was cul-de-sac sunset by hopefully not bad lib on soundcloud.com that was our producer jimmy you can find them at jimothy jam on twitter that is our our last thing i think and if it isn't i don't care i'm still trying to recover from this episode that and the horrible thing that i wrought upon myself and thus everyone else Thank you for joining me at the Uh, Fresh Podcast Market, Teresa and Joe. Thanks for joining me at the Fresh Podcast Market, Joe and Panda. Thank you for joining me at the Fresh Podcast Market, Panda and Teresa. Yeah, everyone, it's time to not read Loveless. Have a good one. I'm probably going to read Loveless.